Well, good morning, Crossroads. We're diving into week three of this series, This Changes Everything. And full disclosure, I'm just going to start right out of the gate with where we're ending today. I want you guys to be willing to take a next step today. We're talking about the power of serving. And if you've been sitting on the sidelines, you've not been ready yet to engage in this idea of serving others and using the gifts and abilities that God has given you, I want you to really consider that as we unpack the teachings of Jesus today, because I truly believe that life is lived to the fullest when we fully engage into the calling that God has placed on each and every one of our lives. And here's the thing, I got to be honest with you today, I want to live, all right? I, I don't want to miss a single thing that God has for me. I want to live. I've told this story before a long time ago, but it's worth repeating today. Uh, when I first went into youth ministry, the first summer of being a youth pastor, I took our youth group up into North Carolina, right near the Georgia line, and we went whitewater rafting on the Ocoee River. And I'll never forget getting into the raft. I was uh, sacrificial that day. I was leading by, you know, being a servant myself by saying, I will ride in the raft with all of the middle school girls. I will, I will make that happen. Uh, so it was Dana and myself and then a bunch of middle school girls and then the guide, all the other high schoolers and the people who were strong, they were, they were off on their way. I remember the guide telling us, listen, this is a pretty easy river to navigate. There's just one spot. It's the rapid. It's called the Whirlpool. And you want to go left. If you go right, we're going to be in some serious trouble. It's really dangerous. So it's really important that when I give the signal, we all paddle on the right and go to the left. Everybody with me? I said, I'm with you. Dana was like, yep. And all the girls were looking at the butterflies. So we just, just, it was just the way it was. Just the way it was. Not trying to throw shade at middle school girls right now. I'm just saying that's how it was. So we got down the river, we're having a great time. I'm thinking, all right, I'm gonna be the strong one in the group, I've got this. I'm gonna help protect these girls, we're gonna make it. We got to the part of the rapids where he said, all right, that's the signal, paddle left, and no one did anything. You know, Dana and I and the guide are trying to make it happen. We go exactly in the rapid where we don't want to go, and as we go through the rapid, we hit the hurdle, boom! And who gets thrown out of the raft? How many of the middle school girls? Not a single one of them, me. I got thrown out of the raft, all right? I get hurt out of the raft, I suddenly find myself in the whirlpool. I'm in the whirlpool of death. I don't know what to do. And it's that moment I'm realizing, right? Like, hey, I want to live. I don't want to die here in the whirlpool. And as my mind is going crazy, I'm panicking. What's going to happen? Suddenly these two strong arms hurl me out of the water, pull me into the raft, and I'm saved. I'm like, this is amazing. I've been saved. Who saved me? Who is this Herculean person? It was Dana. She reached into the water <laughs> and she saved me. She pulled me out of the water. <sighs> She's my hero. And it's that moment, though, of realization, like, oh, man, I don't want to die. I want to live. And we talked about this last week. We realized Jesus is the gate, right? He's saying, hey, if you want to live, that life that you're looking for, it goes through me. And we talked about how significant that was. Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the grave. This changes everything. And what we've been unpacking for the last couple of weeks is it's not about my pride, it's not about seeking after pleasure and all the things the world tells me this is what I should be after. It's not about a pursuit of power. 
It's about being willing to serve. And that's what we're talking about today. And that's why I want you to think about what gifts and abilities do you have? What, what has God possibly, I mean, allow yourself to dream about this. What has God possibly created you for? What has he created you with gifts and abilities to do where you can step out of your comfort zone, overcome all your insecurities and fears, and allow God to use you in such a way that you can live you can live life to the fullest. It doesn't end. You don't have to walk aimlessly through life. No, you can live into the purpose and the plan that God has for you. And my thing is, I want to live. I want to experience everything that God has for me. And I long for that for you as well. I want you to live. So let's talk about what that looks like and the steps we have to take to make that happen. Matthew 16 is a verse that we've just kind of been circling around throughout this series, and I just want to start there today. It says, then Jesus went to work on his disciples, which is always a scary prospect, right? Oh boy, here we go. Jesus is going to work on us. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me, and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Here's what I want to focus on today. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade your soul for? Think about that idea of self-sacrifice. It's not doing what I want. It's not doing things to serve myself. It's actually about looking to the needs of others. It's about serving others. Not about this pursuit of power, not adding value to myself, not making myself greater, but actually looking around and trying to add value to others, making other people greater. Think about that. It's counterintuitive to everything that this culture tells us we should be doing. And yet Jesus is highlighting here, going to work on his disciples, saying self-sacrifice, that's the way to finding yourself, your true self. Question, what kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself, to lose your very soul, the essence of who you are. I don't want any of us to flounder our way through life focusing on all the, the wrong things. And Jesus here is making it pretty clear, hey, self-sacrifice is the way. It's not about you. It's not about this pursuit of, of more power and adding more value to yourself. No, it really comes down to this idea of, of serving, adding value to others. So let's talk about that. I will lose myself in my pursuit of power. Let's think about this as Jesus unpacks this with his disciples. I love this interaction, this conversation between his closest followers. Let's, let's not lose sight of the fact that this conversation that's about to take place happens with his 12 closest followers. These are the guys who have witnessed everything that Jesus has done. They believe that he's the Messiah, the promised one. They've seen all of his miracles. They've heard all of his teachings. And yet this moment happens. It says, then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request, he asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Oh, yes, they replied. We are able. Now, let's stop right here. Uh, their mom arrives on the scenes. She comes to them, and you can imagine, like, hey, boys, James, John, hey, come here. We're going to go talk to Jesus. And you can kind of imagine them as adult men going, oh, mom, come on. Don't, don't do this to us. <laughs> Anybody else? That's kind of how I be. Mom, stop. you're embarrassing. I'm here with all my friends. You're embarrassing me in front of Jesus. <laughs> 
So she kind of grabs them by the ears, brings them over, kneel down. <laughs> and what she's asking isn't terrible. Let's just, let's be real here. She has what's best for her kids in mind. What, what parent doesn't want what's best for their kids? And she's saying, Jesus, I believe that you are who you say. Is it possible that my two boys, who I love, could sit at your right and your left in your kingdom? Could, could they be at this place of honor? I mean, I get what she's doing. I don't think there's bad intentions there. But it comes across as kind of, eh, you know, it's, it's a little bit self-serving. And Jesus is saying, hey, I mean, that's a great question, but can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink of, this cup of suffering? And like, oh, yeah, 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 we got this, we got this. They don't even know really what they're saying. They have no idea. And Jesus responds by saying this, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup, which is sobering. I mean, when, when Jesus died, when he rose again, when he ascended into heaven, don't forget that those 12 disciples were the first missionaries. They spread the good news throughout the world. They all gave their lives spreading this good news. They did, in fact, drink of that cup of suffering. They gave their lives spreading the good news of Jesus. So he says, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, this is great, they were indignant. But Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. We don't operate the same way. We have different rules. I've got a plan for you that's better. He says, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is great stuff. This is next level. When, when Jesus is going to work on his disciples here, what he's showing them of is this is the secret to living life to the fullest. You want real greatness? You really want to be a leader? Then turn everything you've been taught upside down because the greatness in the kingdom of heaven doesn't come by adding value to yourself and saying, hey, look at me, look at all the power I have. No, greatness in the kingdom of heaven comes from exactly the opposite. It comes from serving others. That is where Jesus is telling us life is actually lived to the fullest. Think about how that changes everything. I, I lose myself and when I pursue power, I find myself when I am willing to serve. I find myself when I am willing to serve. And in my life, just my own personal experience, I've found that to be true. When I went down to Clearwater, Florida for college, and you know, everybody at our St. Pete campus is like, yep, that's right, you came down where we are, we understand. And all of us up here in Indiana, Goshen, Mishawaka, we're like, yep, any chance I can get to go down to Florida, I absolutely will. My 18-year-old version of myself was not that dumb, I'm just going to say it, I was, I was thinking right. When I went down to Clearwater to go to college, I went to a Christian college here, Clearwater Christian College, and one of the things I never even thought about that was life-changing for me was one of their requirements was during the week, we expect you to do an hour of Christian service. That's what they called it. We expect you to attend a church and to involve yourself in ministry. And I didn't really think about that very much. When I got there, I'm like, oh, this seems like a little bit of a pain. This is an inconvenience when I want to just go to college and, you know, have fun. But that hour a week, it changed my life. I started getting involved in different kids' ministries. I started helping uh, be a, a student chaperone in the student ministries. And in my junior and senior year, uh, Dana and I both got very involved in a, a church in Clearwater called Clearwater First Church of the Nazarene. We started helping out with the students there. It was fulfilling. We enjoyed it. It was great. 
But even then, I didn't understand the full impact that that was having on my life because when we graduated and I was back up here in Elkhart, Indiana, taking a year off, the plan was go take a year off and then go work on my master's and just pursue this life of making, making a bunch of money. That was the year that God started working in my heart, started preparing me to answer the call to ministry. That's when I got that call from Pastor Ernie Lewis at Clearwater First Church in Nazarene who said, my youth pastor just resigned and you've been on my mind. Any chance you'd come be my youth pastor? All of those things led to that point because I was in the place where I was serving and using the gifts and abilities that God had given me. I never dreamed I would go into ministry as a youth pastor. That was the last thing on my mind. And yet because I was able to put myself in this place where I'm serving, using my gifts and abilities, that helped me open my eyes to the calling that God had placed on my life. I was able to speak life into other people and have an impact that, that mattered for eternity. It turned the light on for me that, man, there's a deeper and more meaningful life that God is calling me to. And because I was willing to serve, man, that changed everything for me. And I want to encourage you today that being willing to serve, being willing to put yourself out there to overcome your insecurities, to overcome your fears, and just saying, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and allow you to, to help me grow. I'm, I'm telling you guys, that act, it changes everything. When you're willing to use those gifts and abilities to live into that, that moment that God created you for, that he prepared for, for you to be a part of before you were even born, that changes everything. And at the bottom of my heart, the passion that I have for each and every one of us is that we are all able to truly live truly experience this life that Jesus has prepared for us. I mean, Jesus said in John 10, we talked about this last week, I am the gate. If you want to be saved, if you want to experience life, that goes through me. And when he says, hey, it's not about your pride. It's not about pursuing pleasure. It's not about the power. If you want to be great, serve. It's on us to actually trust that what he's saying is true. It's on us to actually follow him and put that to the test. And I want to encourage you today that if you're sitting on the sidelines, I think every week that goes by that we just allow ourselves to stay on the sidelines and, and, and be content just not really engaging in what God has for us, we miss out on all kinds of opportunities that God created us for to have an impact for eternity. And I don't want you to miss that. I want you to live. I want you to live life to the fullest. And that life, it goes through Jesus. And that means we have to trust him. That means we have to follow him. That means we've got to step out of our comfort zone, overcome the insecurities, overcome the fears, and do it. And in Peter, I mean, one of Jesus' favorite disciples, one of the 12, he speaks to this very, very thing. In 1 Peter 4, he says, listen, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. You have a gift. Just know that. God has given you a gift. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. I mean, what he's talking about here is, listen, if God has given you a gift, be confident in that gift and use it. Go for it. Be confident that God has given that to you and that God is with you. Don't let your insecurities keep you on the sideline. Don't look around and say, oh, there's so many people that can do this better than I can. No, don't let that keep you on the sidelines. You're going to miss what God created you for. Go with confidence in what God is calling you to and what he has gifted you to. Don't let the devil keep you on the sidelines. Remember, the devil's out there trying to steal your joy, to kill your spirit, to destroy your soul. Listen, if you are not engaging in the life that God has called you to, the devil's going to win that battle. Life is lived to the fullest 
when we trust that God is who he says he is and, that when we're, and when we're willing to follow him into the place that he created us for. And I'm telling you, you've been given gifts and abilities that God prepared in advance for you to have for this moment in time. There's specific things that he has created you to do. We see it in Ephesians 2.10. It's, it's right there in the Bible. God has a plan and a purpose for you, for your gifts, for your abilities. I want you to use those abilities with confidence. That's how you live. Don't sit on the sidelines. Don't miss out on the great adventure. It goes on to say in 1 Peter 4, do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Like give it everything you've got. Don't let your fears paralyze you and hold you back. Lead with confidence, lead with courage. Dive in. Uh, when I was a teenager, I, <laughs> I played the trumpet. I just want you to know that and I, listen, it's awesome. If you play the trumpet, you're a, if you play the trumpet, give yourself a round of applause. You are awesome. There's no way there's that many trumpeters in here. There's no way. I don't believe that for a second. Um, <laughs> somebody told me this once, and I just rolled with it. Uh, when people would say, oh, you're in band? I'd say, yeah, I play trumpet. You play trumpet? They'd like, like I'm some kind of loser because I play the trumpet. Like, no, listen, you know, because I play the trumpet, that means I'm a great kisser. That's what I used to say. <laughs> somebody told me that once, and I just said, whatever, I don't know. It made me sound cool. I don't know. I didn't know what I was talking about. Dana, I don't know. You tell me. So, uh, <laughs> what are we doing? This is going off the rails. I used to play the trumpet, and uh, <laughs> I remember we went on this like missions trip. We went around to a bunch of churches, and our youth group was putting on this like production for churches. And one of the moments was me playing this song. It was just a terrible song, and I hated it. And I felt like an idiot every time I got up to play this this song on my trumpet. And I would always I would always make it through the first verse and the chorus of this song that I'm playing my trumpet. And then there was an interlude, and I would just sit there like this, holding my trumpet while the interlude played, and then I'd play the second half of the song, and the second half always ended with this really high note. And so your lips are tired, and you really have to press in to get it. And I would always, without fail, we did this production five times at five different churches, I would always just ace the first half of it. It was just perfect, like boom, nailed it, 100% perfection. And then as I would stand there in the interlude, I would look at the crowd, and I'd realize, man, there's hundreds of people in this room. They're all watching me play the trumpet. I feel like such a loser right now. And then I'd get nervous. I'd get nervous. I'd shake. I'm literally shaking. And then I'd start playing my trumpet. It was literally, it was literally, I, could, I was shaking so bad that that's how it sounded. And I never, not once, finished the song well. I was just always in shame. Like, it was, it was terrible. I don't know why I even share that. It's just embarrassing. That was the gift God had given me. And I didn't have the courage or the confidence to, to nail it. We finally came back and we were in front of the home crowd. It's the grand finale. I had to play my trumpet in front of everyone at our home church. And I finally nailed it in front of the people that matter. I was like, yes, I did it. I think that was the last time I ever played my trumpet. I was done. I retired. But if God has given you a gift, God has given you ability, listen, don't allow your fears, your insecurities to keep you on the sideline. Man, God wants to use you. Man, he has a beautiful plan for you. And the life that you're looking for, man, it's found in Jesus. It goes through him. He's the gate. So don't hold back. If he's saying, I've given you gifts and abilities, I want you to serve me with them, serve others, then 
Chase after Jesus. Say yes to what it is that he's calling you to and give it a shot. At Crossroads, we have five core ministries here that you can engage in. And I, I encourage you, I challenge you, I invite you, engage in these ministries. Use the gifts and abilities God has given you, whether it's being part of our first impressions team, shaking hands, welcoming people with a big old smile. That makes more of a difference than you could possibly know. There's been research done on churches. They say a lot of people have decided within two minutes whether they're going to come back to the church that they are visiting. That means I don't even get a chance. They've already decided, like, oh, the pastor, I'm writing him off. I don't really care. He's a loser. He plays the trumpet anyway. That's, that's how they, they've already, they've already made up their mind. That first impression, it matters. You can welcome someone who's really discouraged, who's, who's really down. You have no idea how much of a difference that makes just by involving yourself and serving in that way. You can help out with kids. Listen, Crossroads Kids is changing all kinds of lives. We are able to tell kids that Jesus loves them. Did you know that 85% of people who make a decision to say yes to Jesus, they make that decision between the ages of 4 and 14. Think about that. You play a significant role in teaching our kids about Jesus and help them understand that Jesus loves them and get them to that place of understanding and saying yes to Jesus. What an amazing part of the journey you get to play. I still remember at 44 years old that when I was in kindergarten, it was a lady named Betty Davidson who taught my class. That lady had significant impact on my life. I still remember that. It matters. And if you're willing to use the gifts that God gave you, man, you can make more of a difference than you know and experience life to the fullest. We've got an amazing student ministry where we're pouring into the lives of our students, helping them navigate this transition from childhood to adulthood and helping them become the, the men and women that God has called them to be. I mean, you get to pour into the lives of our students to stack the deck for success. That's huge. If you have musical gifts and abilities, you can be on the worship arts team. If you'd like to learn how to run a camera, run the soundboard, and run the tech arts, it's making a huge difference. Our online campus is reaching hundreds of families every week. It's making more of a difference each and every week. You can make a difference behind the scenes. It's an incredible ministry. We have this new thing called Crossroads Recovery here that's changing hundreds of lives throughout the week, helping people overcome their hurts, their habits, and hangups. Yeah, that's worth getting excited about. You can be a part of these ministries helping people experience and encounter Jesus and have them change their lives. Don't let your insecurities and your fears keep you on the sideline. Man, dive in. Let God use your gifts and abilities and and learn what it feels like to live life to the fullest by, by serving others. It makes a difference. I think a lot of times, I, uh, I'm going to say this, a lot of times we also hold back because we feel like, oh, they're just wanting to use me, get another warm body in the room because they're desperate for help. Here's the thing. Here's something we're committed to at Crossroads. Um, we are not going to use people to build teams. We're not going to do that. We're not using people to build teams. It's just the exact opposite. We want to use teams to build people. We want to invest in you. And when you engage in a ministry, when you say, I'm going to serve, we're going to take every chance we can to help you experience the joy of serving using the gifts that God has given you. But we're also going to pour into you, help you grow in your relationship with God. We're going to use the teams to build people. I, I believe with all of my heart that you will get the most out of this church family by engaging in the ministries of the church. I would contend with you today that's the deepest form 
of discipleship, of that life that is becoming more like Jesus. It's so much more than just consuming, right? Like learning, reading the Bible, praying. Those are all so important and core values that we hold on to. You should be growing in your knowledge and in your relationship with God every single day, feeding on your own, growing closer to Jesus. But the outward expression of that is how we treat others. Serving is that next and deeper step. It helps you to live on mission and become that person that God created you to be. I'm telling you guys, this is where life is lived to the fullest. This is where we live on mission and live out that that desire that God created us for. And so we don't use people to build teams. No, it's just the opposite. We're using the teams to build people. And I'm excited about where we're heading as a church. You know, uh, across our campuses, I believe the latest numbers, we have about 435 people involved in our five core ministries here at our Goshen campus. I love that. That's a huge number. Let's double that number over the next year. Let's get everybody engaged. I think we have about 45 or 50 at each of our other camps, St. Pete, Mishawaka, 45, 50 people involved in ministry. The goal is that everyone is engaged in ministry in some way, using the gifts and abilities that God gave you to live the life that he called you to. Man, that would be amazing if we were all engaging in this way. And that's why I think what we're doing today is so important. I want you to take a next step. I want you to make sure that you're using your gifts and abilities and contributing to the community in this way. Because this is how you live the life that you were created for. In 1 Peter 4, he finishes up the thought by saying this, Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. I mean, we speak about confidence, we speak about courage, but I think there is a character there as well that speaks to your heart, right? Because character is, is who you are when no one's watching, right? It's, it's the very heart of who you are. And at the end of the day, when I serve others, when I use my gifts and abilities, it's not about me. It's not about bringing glory to myself. No, it's exactly the opposite. It's about bringing glory to God. And in so doing, I become who he's called me to be. What an amazing thing that is. What an amazing adventure that is. What an amazing journey that is to be a part of where you realize that just by being obedient, by trusting that God has a plan for me, by following him when he calls me, by saying yes when he, when he asks me to step out in faith, I can become the person he called me to be. I can play a part in the kingdom and be the hands and feet of Jesus that helps connect people with Jesus. What an amazing thing that is. I get to invest in eternity. I get to be a part of someone's journey. I want to invite you today to be a part of something eternal. I want to invite you today to be a part of something that allows you to invest every single week in something that has eternal value. Will you use the gifts and abilities that God has given you to invest in the kingdom? I want to ask this question from Matthew 16 again. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? Jesus is turning everything on its head that we think about in our culture because it's all about adding value to myself, right? It's all about my pride. It's all about chasing after pleasure, getting more power. It's all about me, me, me. But that's not the way to happiness. No, the way to life to fullest is that life of surrender, that life that says, Jesus, you're driving this car, not me. I'm with you. And when he asks us a question, the answer is yes. God, I'll go where you're asking me to go. I'll take that next step of faith that you're calling me to. That is the life that God calls us to. And when you realize that God has created us with gifts and abilities, to do things that he prepared in advance for us to do from the beginning of time, man, it's important that we stay tuned in to what it is that he's calling us to. And that when we figure out, oh, all right, this is the next step he's calling me to, that we're willing to say yes and to dive in. Because that is where life is lived to the fullest. And you guys, I want to live. And I want you to live life to the fullest. So don't sit on the sidelines. 
Don't let your insecurities or fears hold you back. No, let's dive in. Let's make a difference for eternity. We're surrounded by people in this community that are desperate for the hope of Jesus. We have a chance to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We have a chance to connect these people with Jesus. Let's do this. Let's not sit on the sidelines. Let's go all in. And let's make a difference in our community for the kingdom. So here's the thing. As we come to a close today, I want to ask you this question. Who am I serving? Because if you're sitting on the sidelines, I'm telling you right now, today, it's time to jump in. It's time to get in the game, all right? And we're having a response moment here that's really, really simple and really, really clear. If you're not engaged in a ministry of Crossroads, I'm challenging you. This is the moment. It's time to step in the game. It's time to get involved. It's time to let God use your gifts and abilities. So we're going to take 60 seconds today. I'm going to give everyone here a chance to fill out this card and then drop it in the bin in the lobby on the way out, all right? That's what's going to happen happen. I make no apologies. This is a little bit different and a little bit weird, but I would love for everybody to fill out one of these cards, check a box of where you'd like to serve, and let's go all in. Could be the first impressions team. Could be kids. Could not be kids. Some of you are like, kids, they scare me to death. I'm with you. All right, I get that. Could be something else. But whatever ministry area that you feel might be the thing that God's leading you to, worship arts, crossroads recovery, crossroads students, check that box. Take a step of faith. It might not be forever. You might dive in for a few weeks and go, I don't think this is me. Let's recalibrate and figure out somewhere else to go. Take that next step and let's be willing to serve. We're going to turn the lights up, give you a chance to fill out this card. Let's take 60 seconds and fill out these Connect cards here. Notice we have peppy music that makes this moment that much more exciting. Take out those pens, fill out that card. It's too bad we didn't pass out kazoos today. You know what I'm saying? This would have been a moment for kazoos. I want to remind you, I believe with all my heart, life is lived to the fullest when we engage the gifts and abilities that God has given us to serve him. This is how we respond. This is how we say yes. This is how we live life to the fullest. And I want each and every one of you to be living that life. Don't sit on the sidelines. Don't let your insecurities, don't let your fears hold you back. Fill out that card. Get involved in ministry. Let's take these next steps and use the gifts and abilities God has given us to serve him. These are good times. Hey, as you're wrapping up, filling out those cards, go ahead and would you stand with me right now? We're going to close together in a word of prayer and give thanks to God for who he is and how much he loves us. On your way out, if you filled out that card, drop that in the box in the lobby on the way out. And you will receive a phone call this week of giving you next steps of how you can engage in the ministry that you signed up for. Uh, you guys, the bottom line is we are better together. And when everybody is using their gifts and abilities for the kingdom, you guys, man, God uses us to change things, to connect people with him. And that's exciting. I'm excited to see where God takes us. God's already been on the move. He's changing lives. And I think we're just at the beginning of what he has in store for us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today? I'd like to just take a moment and just give thanks to God for who he is for the way that he loves us, and just to, just to think about the realization that, man, he has created us for such a time as this. And let's not leave the day without thinking about the people in our lives who are desperate for the hope that we have in Jesus. Let's be thinking about who needs an invitation to a changed life. Let's make sure that we're living our lives on mission, because that's what it's all about when it comes to serving others. It's an attitude. It's a mindset. We've got to be willing to act but our attitudes have to be the same as, as Christ Jesus, who it says, even though he was God himself, became humble and endured the pain and the suffering of the cross. And because he did that, it says in Philippians 2 that at the name of Jesus, 
every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Because he is the King of kings, he is the Lord of lords, there is no one like him. And while we're thinking about that today, I don't want to take for granted that there are people in this room that are desperate for hope today. I want to encourage you today that there is hope in Jesus. That Jesus offers the life that you are looking for. Life to the full. And before we close, I just want to tell you this. I, I, I want you to live. I don't want anyone to leave here today without having the chance to say yes to Jesus and experience that life to the fullest. So maybe you need to pray that prayer and say yes to Jesus and experience the life that he offers us. If that's you, I invite you to pray this prayer with all of us. Can we just all open our eyes and, and pray this prayer together? It simply says this, Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins, and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. And listen, if you're here today and you said that prayer for the very first time, I would invite you afterwards to come forward, say hi to Pastor Keith. He's waving his hand right there. We have a Bible for you. We want to help you take these next steps in your faith and experience life to the full. That's what we're all about here. We're connecting people with Jesus because he changes lives, changes everything. And as we leave today, I just encourage you, man, give him everything you've got. Don't hold back. Don't sit on the sidelines. That's where life is lived to the fullest when we go all in. So let's pray together and give thanks to Jesus because he is good. God, you've given everything for us. I pray that you would help us to just have the courage and the confidence to give everything back to you. God, use us. The gifts and abilities that you've blessed each of us with, God, may they be used for you and for your glory. God, may we recognize the people around us who are desperate for the hope that we have in you and be willing each and every day to be your hands, to be your feet, to do our part in the mission you've given us to connect people with you. God, may our lives bring you glory and honor in all that we do. And God, may we draw closer to you today than we were before. We love you and we praise you and we pray this in your name. Amen.